honest to God, this is so I would tell people that I was on this side of the mirror. I would say, I'm right there. I'll be recording like while you go, if you need anything, just signal or whatever. They had to do this test for an hour. And every five minutes, I would have to write down like what they were doing. Honest to God, despite the fact that I had told them that they'd be sitting there, they'd like three knuckles up, pick their nose. They would touch themselves. I mean, like they're, and I would have to, and I wasn't allowed to, so I would be like, repositioning again i told you i was here i I was so i wanted to be like dude i'm right here welcome to the small business safari where i help guide you to avoid those traps pitfalls and dangers that lurk when navigating the wild world of small business ownership i'll share those gold nuggets of information and invite guests to help accelerate your ascent to that mountaintop of success It's a jungle out there, and I want to help you traverse through the levels of owning your own business that can get you bogged down and distract you from hitting your own personal and professional goals. So strap in, Adventure Team, and let's take a ride through the safari and get you to the mountaintop. Small business safari. We're back. We're rolling. We're going to go, 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 go. But guess what I've been doing, Alan? You've been going to school. I went to pod school to learn to be a better podcaster. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Everybody. Did they tell you to not to talk so this. much? Huh? Did they, they tell you to not they told talk me, so much? They told me not to make it so much about me. And I'm like, screw that. That's, that's the not whole, why we that's do the this. Whole thing. <laughs> so, what's, what's the point of it then? Let me get my pod voice ready to go. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Small Business Safari. Are you bored yet? I am. Let's go. Jody Hume is joining us today. She's one of the OG leadership coaches. How many coaches have come out of the woodworks in the last three years? Well, how about since COVID? Uh, probably 100 million like cockroaches. Do you remember back in our chamber days, we go to networking and you'd meet somebody and and they're a business coach, but then you find out like 30 days earlier they were delivering pizzas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I don't think that's Jody. No, that's not You don't Jody. deliver pizzas, do you, Jody? Uh, not currently, no. Okay, good. Oh, there we go. And not 30 I- days ago. <laughs> And not 30 days ago. I did yeah. spend a summer in college selling meat off the back of a truck, but that's a whole other story. Oh, there's oh story. there we go. <laughs> Love it. We got Jody Hume, who is your business leadership coach. I'm not going to do all the credentials that you're supposed to do. Go check her out, man. We'll, we'll talk more about her. We'll get into this stuff and start kicking it around a little bit. Jody, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. All right, let's just jump right into what leadership coaching is. So it's a combination of one-on-one coaching. Do you do masterminds? Tell us a little bit about how you handle people. I do a little bit of all that. I mean, I work primarily with business owners. And so I I do still refer to it as leadership coaching just because then people have some idea of where to put it. But it is the work that I do now is a little bit, some coaching, some consulting or advising, and a lot of what sort of gets close to business therapy, decision support. Because entrepreneurs, um, they don't have problems every like second Tuesday or every third Wednesday or something. And so I just, over, over the many years of doing this, I found that what they needed was something more on call. Most of the time they know their business better than, than anyone. And they just need to kind of clear out, clear out their brain and get some kind of clarity so they can keep moving forward. That's so, so nice. The way you put that in is that she said it's so like nice and delicate therapy that sometimes, <laughs> sometimes business owners need therapy. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, so this is why I made it, uh, you know, decision support because the key, to, so I'm a third generation entrepreneur. So the, the decisions and the bad decisions and the good decisions and the course correcting, like that is literally like the conversations that are around my table as a kid. And so, So it's just been in my blood forever. And the thing is, something I learned very early, even just watching my mom and whatnot, is sometimes people are indecisive because down deep, 
they know it's a bad idea. And that has like one kind of feel to it. Sometimes they're indecisive because down deep, they know it's a really good idea, but it's scary. And they've just got some hesitations you have to sort of peel through. Sometimes it is just like confusion. That's actually a little bit more rare, but sometimes it's not indecisiveness at all. It's actually just that they're exhausted and they need to take a nap because they couldn't decide between a hamburger and a cheeseburger. And so listening for what's actually going on, that's why I call the company at the core. Like what is at the core of this? What's the real issue? And that's always the the first step. So I want to, you got to grab people when they're not sure what to do to keep them on course for their own path. Well, I can promise you, uh, Jody, you can't see me in person, but I've never had to make a decision on cheeseburger or hamburger or never fell asleep. You just get both. Yes. I'll yes. I just go yes. yes. No. All the burgers, uh, please. I love that, though. You're right. You know, decision support, because that's what we have to do every single day we wake up is small Thousands of right? times a day. Like thousands yeah. of times. Waking yeah. up going, all right, I, that's what I've done it. You know, when I'm in a good mood, it's all right, we're going to solve some problems. And when I'm in a and bad there, mood, and there right. aren't, and there's no Solves limit to how many decisions. Like there's always more you could be doing. There's always more you could be considering. It is, it is really, if you're not, if you don't have some way to kind of rein it in, it is just a massive suck. So, so you've been doing this since '04, right? Uh, yes, correct. Yeah, I mean, well, that's, that's 20, 20 years again, Two man. Zero. When, you look, when you look back on it, uh, like Alan said, I was still in corporate America when I met Alan in eight. Um, we go to those chamber events and it seemed like both, both the recession hit, uh, then, mm-hmm. and then everybody became a coach and then yeah. COVID hit and everybody became a coach and lots more people became a coach. Right. Yeah. So, so I was still with the, there were eight, there's an eight year overlap in my two things. So I was with the architecture firm that I was with as we grew that company, um, for 16 years. And then I started this, I officially left and did only this since 2010. And so there's from 2003, 2004 until 2010, I was doing both of them. So I was still COO of the architecture firm. So I was right there with you in 2008, not the most fun fun time in the world. What kind Uh, of architecture? Yeah. So yeah, we did cultural and educational. So a lot of schools, a lot, not residential. So we did uh, schools and colleges, theaters, visitor centers, that kind of stuff. I was not an architect. I did I did everything else. Uh, I took care of everything else besides being an architect. So I was so a how'd you get hooked into that gig? That's, <laughs> so, that's, I mean, you're, you're the COO of an architecture firm. Number one, those guys are smart enough to figure out that they're probably really shitty businessmen and they don't know how to do it. So they weren't shitty businessmen. What what? So what's interesting is I was hired as the receptionist right out of college uh, because the government, I was working for a psychological research lab for the NIH right out of college and the government stopped, paused. Um, and so I, I was when they shut down the government for the, cause they couldn't balance the budget. Government so psychological job. research lab. I think I need to hear more. That about sounds that. scary. Doesn't No, It was super like, boring. It was oh, really? super, Man, super, dude, I had super so that's mental stock answer. That's what they say. It, right. It's just boring. No, no I, I had mental I, images of mice, torture, yeah, men of stereo goats. No, yeah, it's then, so then, much then worse. You go in the other room and go, don't look at that guy. He's in the corner. Going, <laughs> <laughs> no, this, I, this is literally the definition of boring because it was my job to administer an attention test. Like it was how someone can pay attention. Attention. You fail. And that what? is actually designed to be boring. That's how they could actually test oh, attention. Is the painful. test is boring. And so I was administering a boring test to people all day long and watching them behind a mirror. It was very, very, very boring. Oh boy. So the yeah. reception of gigs. All right. So how did you find the, these guys? You, you, you had to stop. So you, you oh, I had to get a job in like three days. I thought they were a law firm. I just took the first decent paying job I could get. Um, but this is the story. I think like so many people, you don't plan out. Most people don't know what they want to do with their lives. They they stumble like opportunity to opportunity. I got hired as a receptionist. I thought I was going to go back to grad school. 
they gave the marketing person quit and they gave me her job. I was the marketing director. I was 23 and I was the only person in the marketing department. So director of what? I don't know. And I'm really good at making things better. I am not your girl to like sustain the thing and do the same, like take tab, be stick and slide. I once it's made better. And so I just had an act for that. So I took over marketing and then we hired somebody and took that over as we grew. And then I took over finance and then I took over office management and I was manage. I was facilitating the leadership team meetings every Monday. And that is where I, from my third month there, I was there as the marketing person. But as a friend of mine says, like what you're here on the planet to do is what you can't not do. And I was facilitating that before I ever knew facilitation was a thing because they were talking past each other. So, and that was, they just kept, they were thrilled to be architects and I was thrilled to like take on more new projects. So to your point, they, they actually were really smart knowing that they had a weakness of that and they needed somebody to help them grow, the, to be in the business, helping them yes. to grow it. Wow. My favorite, some many of my favorite leadership wisdom nuggets come from working there. They were really good at letting people do what they do best and not trying to force, not that you couldn't have weaknesses you need to improve upon, but they were very conscious of not trying to make someone into something that they're not. You know, it's it's like a car when it's out of alignment. You can pull to the left, but the minute you let go of the steering wheel, it's going to go right back to, to where however it's pulling. And so they were really good about you know, really leaning into people's strengths. It's actually a term from architecture, highest and best use. You know, that is one of the indicators you do for when you do national park service. We projects. use that in real estate too. What, what's that? Do mean? you highest it, and best use? Yeah. It's like you, you have the, uh, the corner lot. What's the highest and best use. It's kind of our mantra. Hmm. You could put a liquor store there or you could do something that actually improves the community. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's I vote liquor store. <laughs> right, wrong. Was that the wrong answer? Deliver a delivery liquor store. Uh, yeah, <laughs> with drones. I like it. with uh, drones. So I got to ask this question. I am going to make uh, an assumption here that architects are introverts, right? Most of them, I would Ooh. think. It's a different kind of leadership, which might oh, yeah, have paved the way for you to just. You ended up being CEO of that company. No, COO. COO. From, re from receptionist to COO. Yeah. Well, we were very small. There were like eight of us when we started. There were about close to 50 when I left. Um, I, you know, I was there as we grew through all of that. And it was, it was just a really exceptional company of knowing how to, like, they gave us leadership experiences even when we were young like when i was made an associate and they would they would bring us to the retreats that they did each year and they would ask us like important questions like the you know they they would give us exercises like if 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 we hit a hard, it, it's why we were really well prepared when 2008 came like we would do these exercises like if if the economy tanked who are the 10 you know however many people we had who are the you know the top 5 you would fight to keep and who are the top you know the bottom 5 that you would you would consider and some years that was harder and easier than other years. And it wasn't about who the people were. It was about teaching us to think like leaders. Like one year they gave us the bonus pool dollars and said, uh, if you were, if you guys, the four of you were going to distribute it, how would you distribute it? And it was an interesting test because they took them out of it, but they had us, um, we were included in it. So it was an interesting test to see how we would handle, like if we had the bonus pool, would we give most of it to ourselves? Would we give a little bit to ourselves? And then, and then also who did we value that was oftentimes sometimes different right. people than they valued I, um, training how to think. Yeah. You sound funny all of a sudden. What what I felt, am I better back now? 
I think so. Whoa, my God. I know. I have a great point. All right. You just, you just proved <laughs> you really? Alan's point. These guys had to be introverts because you, you must have been rolling over these people, man. Well, they need, they were, I mean, they need somebody like her to come in and lead them and connect the dots. Yeah. And then I think let so. them I mean, do their I job. Would, or or they, a different so, personality. So they were in a split. Room, right? They were split. They were, oh, no. Ar <laughs> architects are often big personalities. Some of them are introverts and quiet. About half, I would say it's about a 50-50 split. There's always, huh. you wouldn't have a company if you didn't have at least one person who liked to be the person who went out and shook the hands, you know, that has a little bit of that politician vibe. You have to have a personality, at least one. And you have to have somebody who is a confident, decisive decision maker. Without those two things, you can have a company, but it's going to, it's going to grapple to grow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, man, it's fascinating. All right. So we're talking architecture, you're doing the COO thing and then you start yeah. realizing, Hey, maybe I'm doing this coaching thing. You did some of these. So it, as it grew, what was harder going from eight to 20 or from 20 to 50? At, at the firm? Yeah. Oh, eight, eight. To, well, so I would maybe split it slightly differently. We were stuck at 18 forever. It was like 17 to 18. We just, we, we floated there and just couldn't like make the hump over. And it, I, I honestly think over the years of all the companies I have my fingers into now, there are these patches and one of them is like 18 to 22 people, I call it, that I think of as business puberty. There are these places where like you're awkward, you're like, it's like your arms are too long, you're tripping over yourself. Like it's just, you. there are these places where things have to change, like where you start to have to have, uh, you know, procedures documented instead of everybody just knowing. There's all these just like weird patches and that was a tough one for us to get over. Once we got over that, we went from like 25 to 35, like faster than we could blink an eye. Like we had moved into a new office that we had made space for new people. And we filled that up and I had to find us a, a secondary office close by and figure out a way to connect the networks and whatnot. Like we outgrew our space in a heartbeat. And so that was really the tough space. We went from like 15 to 17 back and forth for ages. Right. So that, that that's why I asked the, uh, I would, I, cause I uh, felt the same thing is that when yeah. you're at that 18 to 20, you know, yeah. now I'm at 35 uh, and we're at a, we're at a good spot. Uh, yeah. I, and I, I really, uh, the only way I grow now is by other units. So that's yeah. why I, I just wondered, people always it's ask kind of the that. fishbowl thing. Don't you think at that number? I mean, it just, it at 35, no, it, at, at your 18, because oh, yeah. whoever's the leader knows everything that's going on and everything funnels through that leader. But to take that next step, you have to start trusting other people and putting, and there's going to be things going on in your business that you're not even really aware of until you have yes. a staff meeting. And at that and, point, you may need an HR person. And there's that. There's just that kind of stuff that yeah. requires the CEO to let go a little bit. Well, there are a number of those places. And and I think it happens, you know, it's hardest to get your first one or two employee. Thank you. Um, and uh, We have and a little ongoing doesn't... competition. And he made a good point. And I agreed. Oh, is that, do you I touch to, your nose when someone uh, makes yeah. a good point? No, yeah, I, had okay. to, I had to fish for it. I mean, <laughs> oh, fine. Fine. You got one. All right. Fine. Thank you. Did she answer the question? Sure. All right. Thank you. All good. No, no, no. There, there are a number of those places where they're like more letting go or more shifting. And without fail, every time I've seen someone try and let go, there is, and this happens with everything, but very specifically, this 
this issue, you usually like overshoot and you're like, oops, now I've, I've over let go and like things slip through the cracks mm-hmm. and then you have to come back again. And then you're a little too in it again. And then it's so this, you I can't see of- this on the podcast, but she's doing like uh, <laughs> from 10 to two, 10 to two. But when Chris lets go, he lets go to 10. And the minute he yeah. thinks something flipped through the cracks, he's all the way over hardcore six, baby. <laughs> like what the yeah. hell is going on? I can't believe I let you do this. And now what could happen? If it's not one, like correct. <laughs> A little bit, but yeah, well, but, I, I know what you're talking about. You're, you're, it's that yep. pendulum, yeah. It is a pendulum, and and but I think everything in business is like that. You, it's it's business is improv. There's no script. Like it's a constant course correction. You can't possibly. Everyone is always wishing they know what the right answer is, but that there's so few places where there even is a right answer. You you just have to be reasonably certain it's not the wrong answer. That's the much bigger bigger tool to use as long as it is not a glaringly wrong answer then move a chess piece and the whole game will change and then you can make another adjustment shortly thereafter all right let's uh let's pivot and talk about your business not necessarily what you do in your business but as you were working with the firm and growing your uh, coaching practice when did you make the cut and why did you make the cut to go full on in your business yeah so i made the cut in part because I got a really large corporate contract, which was wonderful because that's how I learned that I do not want to do really large corporate contracts. It was awful. Um, <laughs> we always have to it, learn things the hard way, don't, don't we? It's never easy, I, though. And it usually I don't, costs us money. Well, me. So there's some neuroscience to that, actually. Your brain needs contrast to actually, like, like the bigger the contrast, the more it actually learns. So like subtle little shifts in in stimulus, don't your brain doesn't kick in like, I need to learn a thing. So it's That's like why the world needs assholes. So we appreciate the good people. <laughs> That's why I'm here, baby. I know. Huh? Yeah, Definite truth to that. Hey, I love Definite that. truth to that. I, I'm writing that down. The more contrast, the better you learn. <laughs> yep. I know. It's a sad, it's a sad fact. Darks hell. Yeah. Hell, hell, hell. Not, not everything has to be at an 11. Oh. It was really hard for me to leave though, because I had such a, um, like not just an emotional connection. Like I, I helped grow that firm. Like it, I still say we, when I talk about it, it yeah, still it's in your DNA. Like yeah. It's I mean, in can, my DNA. Like yeah. we, we built it with our bare hands kind of a thing. And uh, so it was really hard to leave, but I knew the work wasn't for me anymore. I, I remember fantasizing that I could like come sit in my desk and see all the same people every day, but do this business like from that office. Um, I knew the work was the, the gum had lost its flavor and I needed to move on. So Nice. The gum has lost its flavor. Yeah. All right. So you, you got this big corporate contract and you went, okay, I can't do both. I So you, you said, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to leave, but you're like, but I got this big cherry sitting there. So I'm, it's not really scary. It's fine. Yeah. I can't, it, it was, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was scary to not be in that firm anymore, but doing this work was, was not scary. That, that contract was awful. I actually canceled it in the middle of it for the company was being acquired by a larger company and they wanted me to go around and talk to all these leaders. And every place I went, every office in the, they thought I was the person who was coming in to decide who stays and who goes. And no matter what I said, and it was like, this just, we can't do this right now. This is right. This is not going to work. This is not what you need. So we canceled that. And it was, I'll tell you for that first year or two being totally out, it was because it, I'm not a big fan of like, if you build it, they will come like just quitting your job and starting a thing. I think creating a ramp for yourself is, is, can be really useful for some, it, it works, the, the leaping works for some people, but for a lot of people, it shuts them down because they're in a panic mode. So right. I built it. Up, but want you, to refresh everybody's memory on what I did? Did, did you, <laughs> did you flip leap? and leap? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, if, if this was a game show, I was a handyman on Monday. 
Yep. No, if this was a game show, I would have made that bet. Like, I bet you just quit on a. On a... <laughs> I did. I said I went all the way in, man. That's but. But you're, some you're people right. need that. that. Some people need the what's the Viking thing like burn the boats like yeah. then you have to like some people need the boats burned or else they would they would trickle back. Um, I knew I didn't. So I built it as much as I could. But it is almost impossible to get a thing, especially if it's a service thing that requires your time, like as opposed to a business that doesn't. Um, for me, I, I was nowhere near my salary and that I was making at the architecture firm that first couple years. And that was a hard pill to swallow. Like I did not think I was as attached to my, it wasn't about the dollars, but just like my contribution to the family or, you know, could I, I, since even high school, I was, you know, making money that I could support all my own things. And it was, it was a little tricky that first couple years, but um, there were. Jody likes the Benjamins. I know it. That's, that's what I heard, man. Jody says, pay me the cash. Show me the green. It's all about the dollars. Got the, got the, Everybody knows money. me. Knows them all about uh, dollars. The cabbage, the cash, yeah. the roll. You no, know what I'm saying? No, no, no. no, no. Well, you know what's funny about that is, is one of my lessons I learned early on was that I have to... I have to put goals in terms of something besides revenue from for it to kick my engine into gear. So I have to think of it as like vacations, my like the dollars, just raw dollars uh, just slip through the cracks of my it's brain. It's like casino chips, right? There's other things that that punch yes, your buttons. There's other yeah. things. And so like it's like a vacation we can take or like we could do this, whatever it is. If I thought of it that way, I'd be like all over it. But um, there was something I was going to figure with the other thing. I was, I had another point, but I don't do, know what it was. Do you have a knit? <laughs> don't worry. In we, the, in we the create ADHD in people. And, and that's oh, one of the yeah. things we're really good at that. Um, mm -hmm. if you didn't have it before, by the time you're done with this podcast, you're oh, going yeah. to be sucking your thumb. Have it in but spades. Yeah. Do you, do you have a, a like a, a target market for your coaching? Is it a yeah. particular kind yeah. of industry? So a good portion of my clients are startup founders. So tech startups, um, the rest of them are business owners, usually service providers of some kind, either either professional services or like, like home building services. I have a roofer client and HVAC client and all of most of the people I work with that even the tech startups are doing something different with their company. So they're, they're doing, um, you know, I have, I have a, a client who part of it is a traditional like nanny placement firm, but she also has this backup childcare side that she has created for people who like, so she has her own like, uh, like posse of nannies that work for her and like say you wake up and it's a snow day or your kid is like a little bit sick too sick to go to school but not really really sick and you you can't take them to childcare. if you're one of her clients you can hop on and and get somebody like in an hour as soon as they hmm. as just as far as their travel so that you don't have to figure out who stays home from work or whatever and so like that's this like i'm I love working with people who are trying to figure out something that hasn't quite been done before. Like it's the heightened, it's the heightened uncertainty that makes them an even better. That's cool client for me. Yeah. yeah. All right. So is it mostly local clients? Are you? No, um, no there's a good portion of my clients I've never met. Where are you? Um, I'm in Baltimore. Yeah. Oh. That's a very personal question. Crab Where cake. are you? Crab cakes. <laughs> I'm in my basement. Crab cakes. I'm in my basement. Yeah. Yes. We're just two dudes in the basement drinking and talking. <laughs> Not Meat concerning loaf. at all. That's, that's what some of our uh, commenters. Did you consider that as the original name of the of the podcast? Two dudes well, in a basement. Two, just two dudes in a basement we drinking. Actually, we, we, well, all right. So we, we uh, I, I, I begged Alan to do this. Um, because we'd get together for beers like once a quarter and we are really smart, especially after like eight beers at the bar. So we're, we're like, yeah. oh my God, we're Good solving looking, the world problem. Funny. Oh my God. Everybody, yeah. everybody chicks dig us. Guys want to be us. <laughs> we were so cool. So we tried to figure out a way to call it that, but, um, uh, I came up with the small business safari only because I wrote a book. 
Oh, yeah. we haven't mentioned your book in a while. Look oh, at that. wow. Zo Did you Zoogle write a Wild. book? I, I heard someone wrote a book. Oh, that's right. Everybody, Jody, she's good at this. <laughs> huh? Follow her lead <laughs> a little bit more. Right? Yeah. Uh, but, so wait, who who podcast proposed to who? I podcast proposed to Alan. And he okay. said, what's in it for me? And I said, well, I'll feed you beer. And he went, okay. And okay. guess what? He had to bring the I beer. I had to bring my own beer. Oh. I'm, not a, I'm not a smart man. <laughs> wow. Uh, we've been doing it for two years now. Um, yeah. had, good for you. I just had somebody, uh, um, well, actually through this podcast class that I went to, I, I reflected on it. And then somebody just walked in my office and they said, what did you want to get out of this podcast? I said, I wanted fame and wealth and I got none of it. They go, what, did you learn anything? Uh, one of my employees asked me that. I said, you know, actually it's helped me run this business better. In fact, you should thank God right now that I'm doing the podcast because it saved your ass at least twice. <laughs> He started going, <laughs> I believe it. It would just be a good second book, all the gold nuggets that we've gotten from our guests. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. been a wealth of information. Yeah, I know. Especially and since people like, like, you know, the attention span of people, it's sort of like, you know, this, the TikTok-ness of like, you've got 60 seconds, you've got 30 seconds. So little nuggets are easier to read. Is Jody still talking? I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a question for you. Where'd I go? When, when somebody hires you. Mm -hmm. They is there a difference between what they think they need and what they really need? Oh, uh, when they hire me, and almost every time they call. <laughs> okay, like hundred <laughs> percent no, of the I, time. No, no, no. I'm I'm being a little bit silly about that, but no, that is that is a big portion of oh, why I was they say was call. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. It's a big. No, it's, it's, they don't it's, know what they need. So here's the thing. I mean, just think of any time where you are just like spinning your wheels or stuck in a thing. You've been having the same question and you're like, or you just, or how many times in business do you just know something is off, but you can't tell what it is? You're like, is it this? Is it that? Is it this? The, the, like decision fatigue is real. You can get like your brain gets tired. It it runs in a very specific way. And when it gets run down, which is very easy to do, it doesn't function as well. And it's very hard as an, I mean, this is true for anyone, but I feel like it's doubly true for business owners. You have so many, not only so many things you have to hold in your brain, but so many different it's not even a three-dimensional thing. It's like a nine-dimensional thing because you have to think far out to plan strategically, but you also have to look right in front of you. You have to think about the numbers and the like bottom line, but you also, whether you want to or not, have to think about the people. You know, they're not they're not machines that you have to think about how they're how it's working for them. And there's just all these things that it's so many variables. It can get really hard to see clearly, and it's like. You know, I take a lot of pride in my my uh, my parallel parking skills, but if you get in a vehicle that you've never been in before and you're not sure exactly how far, you know, how much does that bend, how much cars left over there, it's just so different like being inside of a thing versus watching someone else parallel park a car. Right. And, it, that, and that's a great point. The perspective you bring is you're watching them parallel park and they're not yeah. doing it or maybe they're doing well. Oh, you did that well. But when you're in the middle of it, you're like, I, well, I got I to get this thing in. I don't want to hit it. Right. But you're, what they don't need. You know, you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to just leave. I'm going to go find another place to park. But here's my beef <laughs> with me, like, by the way. here's my beef with like consultants and a lot of coaches, depending on their their model and advisors is they will start telling you what to do versus just giving you the perspective from out here so that you can sort it out yourself. Because no, it's kind of almost like with parenting where like nobody knows your kids as well as you do. You know them better than anybody. And the same is true with businesses. Like 
there are times people maybe need to be told something or taught something or improved in some way, but a great deal of the time, they just need to like get the clarity inside. Like they already know and you have to just clear out the clutter so that they can see it. And once you, once you do that, then they know what they need to do and they can just keep going. And so it's just like being like, Oh, I think you've, you've got, you can go, you have plenty of room back there. Just go for it. And then they can parallel park on their own. It really is therapy. Oh, it's like, like a hundred percent. How does, how does, does that make you feel? Yeah, I mean, she's doing it the yeah. whole time, oh, yeah. man. It's, no. In fact, I'm already doing that right no, now. No, I'm, I'm way too snarky to be a therapist. <laughs> oh, well, that, yeah, no, but, but seriously, no, you're you're doing the right. Like I said, that's the right stuff because you're right. There are nights when I come home and and I love to cook, uh, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing it. I mean, just next thing I know, piece of bread, some cheese, some salami, done. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just well, plopping on the couch going, I'm going to watch TV mindlessly. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I'm just tired. So so I won't bore you with all the neuroscience on this, but like this, the prefrontal cortex of your brain, which is the part that's like nuanced thinking, impulse control, decision-making, strategizing, all the executive function lives up here and it uses the most glucose or brain fuel. And what happens is, and you know this in your world because- in the morning, you're like, I'm going to eat all the right things today and drink water and I'm going to like blah, 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 whatever. You and know? I'm and then not like, going to have a bourbon tonight. Right. And then at 7 There's p.m. Like, and bourbon. sleeve of Girl Scout cookies. And you know, like, and that is because that Sweet front part of your brain. Exactly. Well, the especially the coconut smaller. ones. Oh, the coconut right. ones. Oh, don't get me started. A, that's one sitting. I'm uh, like, oh. pop, 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 pop. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I pop those suckers like Thin Mints. You're Absolutely. To, oh, well, I, that's I why you can't reclose like it. Fat kid going down on the seesaw. <laughs> My theory is that one. That's why they just have the like one open thing that you can't like twist shut again because like you're going to take it out, you're going to eat them all, and then right. the box goes away. All so. right. So back to yeah. But you're right. So we the neuroscience. We have the most emotional uh, stability. Is that what you're saying? The most it's not even emotional stability. I'm just talking like everything that your brain needs to be able to do. Include and impulse control is one of them. So decisions and impulse control, the half life of the glucose. And here's the thing: you can help about this. Your brain's not made to marathon throughout the day. It's made to sprint in like bursts. So like they, the studies they've done, like maximum of 60 to 90 minutes, just take any kind of break. It doesn't have to be a nap. It does like, you could just go walk around the, the room or the house or anything, just creating some, I think it was like punctuation, some kind of puncture. This does not include picking up your phone and playing. You need the sensory disconnect for just like three minutes, even. That's a huge you, point. I've heard this before, and I would say I yeah. practice this as well. It's the, no no shit, even though I'm ADD, uh, but I will tackle a subject. And if I can't get through it, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Out. I'm going to go take a walk yes. around the building. And I do a little walkabout. And then maybe I'll call a guy or do whatever. And then I'll come back in the office. And then I'm like, all right, reset. And then it works, right? Again. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, no, it works. Oh, and and it keeps it you... <laughs> and it keeps you from running out of like the, the half-life of the glucose will go longer if you're not plowing. If you take those pauses, you will be able to sustain like higher level executive functioning and, and decisions and impulse control longer throughout the day. If you plow, it runs out much, much, much faster. And so you can sustain it. And then you have a better chance of not, you know, like eating all the Girl Scout cookies. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, going to go back again. Right. So um, remember that not boring job that she told us about in the beginning of the episode? Yeah. And we're here yeah. now. I'm still saying, man, she was in rat's brains because she is way too into neuroscience. <laughs> and I'm pretty no, sure I'm there's, just, there's some I'm dude just out there nerd. right now shaking. Nope, nope. <laughs> I'm just a, a little nerd pill, through and through. A little like, LSD. Let's just yeah. see how you just, feel. Let's see. Yeah. How does that yeah. make you feel? Yeah. 
All right. I so, wish. No, I you know what I had to, to do? I, honest to God, this is so I would tell people that I was on this side of the mirror. I would say, I'm right there. I'll be recording. Like, while you go, if you need anything, just signal or whatever. They had to do this test for an hour. And every five minutes, I would have to write down like what they were doing. Honest to God, despite the fact that I had told them that they'd be sitting there, they'd like three knuckles up, pick their nose. They would touch them. I mean, like they're, and I would have to, and I wasn't allowed to do it. So I have to be like, He's touching himself. Like, again. Repositioning again. I told you I was <laughs> here. And three I, know. <laughs> I know. I was so, I wanted to be like, dude, tap, tap, tap. I'm right here. Still here. Still here. Like I told still you. Here. Still here. Yep. I, I mm -hmm. told you I was going to be there. Did you think yeah. I wasn't? Did, you, yeah, forgot. No. you forgot. But you? it was an attention. So very funny. My son, who everybody in my family has ADD and as well as dyslexia and a few other fun things, which is why I use metaphor so much, interestingly. But um, my son was getting his testing done for so he could get accommodations at school. And I, I picked him up and I was like, oh, what was the one they took you into the other room for? And he goes, oh, they had like, it was just this like square. And he goes to describe the test that I had done. It was like, it's this square. And then you have to press whether it's a smaller or larger square. And it is as the first one. It's so boring because it is meant to push your ability to pay attention and make it really hard. I said, oh, did you, uh, did you have to really struggle to do that one? He goes, I don't know. They had these really cool paintings on the wall. <laughs> and I was like, who, oh, Who dude. gave him that test? The school I said, you fit. No, it, we we had to have testing done to get into the school that oh, he okay. went. Okay, all right. And they gave stuff. him they gave him the boredom test. They, well, yeah, because well, they're literally testing your like ability to maintain attention on something that is not. Stupid. You, you, you wouldn't have gotten into that no. school. I think I would oh. have noticed. Oh no 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 no! Oh you're 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 missing <laughs> the point of this school. This is a school for kids who who are like really smart but have language based learning issues and ADD. So actually performing poorly on that test. Helps you get into that. School. Oh, nice! Great school. Great. So how many school. kids you got? Two. Yeah. How old are they? My uh, my son's twenty one. He's a junior, and uh, my daughter's seventeen, senior in high school. Oh boy! Ah, oh, exciting yeah. times. Last year, yeah. Right. Yeah. Almost, this is the. Yeah. This is. Yeah. That's a great. This that's is a the great year. age. Yep. That's a lot of excitement. I love that. Okay. So seventeen, twenty one. You started the business uh, when they were young as well. So mm -hmm. they only know you as mom, the entrepreneur, uh, doing this whole thing. Yeah. Yes, yes. And they uh, they are not at all impressed by it. And their favorite phrase is, not everything's a life lesson, mom. So Nice. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. my daughter, who is 25, is famous on our podcast. And um, we have a new one. And my new one, uh, let me look this up because we're going to make t-shirts out of my daughter's priceless. She, she, we need to have her as a guest one of these She days. is on a roll. So she's in uh, physician assistant school. She just went back to school after working and living at home with us, uh, saving money. And that was the conversation. I'm like, how much did you save? And she said, here it is. Uh, it's your fault for not taking it out of my checking account. Wow. <laughs> oh, interesting. There she goes. That's interesting. Her. Yeah. So this is the one who told me one night. Uh, she goes, Dad, what are we having for dinner? I said, leftovers. She goes, do better. <laughs> do better. Do oh, better. I see. It sounds like she and my daughter would get along pretty well. So. Yeah. Love kids. Uh, but yeah. You know, that makes it all go around. Um, one thing I want to go back to this, uh, because if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I'm going to be a leadership coach. I'm going to be just like Jody, who's no G, but you know, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to leap off. The one thing that I think is very interesting is that people don't get it in coaching. People just don't line up at your doorstep 
for a lot of coaches oh, who no. have never done it. You got to go no, out there no. and market yourself. You got to yeah. hit podcasts like these clowns you're talking to today. You got to go out there and keep putting your shingle out there. How do you how do you keep your coffers filled? How do you do it? Yeah, so the, I can tell you what worked for me. I've seen I've seen a lot of people in the past 10 years do extremely well with like online online marketing, online classes, online masterminds and whatnot. I I built my practice the old-fashioned networking referral word of mouth way and I have tried to I like there are times where I invested in a person or a mastermind or whatever to make that leap it is just not what works for me and I think the best business advice I ever got and I always just come back to this when I am most confused is do more of what works just do more of what works and stop trying to reinvent the wheel and figure out some like faster better way of well, it can be faster or better, but um, but not being seduced into thinking you need some newfangled way of doing something. Sometimes you do. It can be beneficial. But um, how, in your week, how much are you spending finding new clients, talking to new clients or, you know, putting those out there, marketing, advertising? How much are you coaching? Uh, so. Let me answer the first question first, because it, it's a little bit different with the way I run the practice. Now, it's hard for me to answer the second part, but I'll explain why in a second. So um, I. I, I've pulled in the past few months, I have been actually working with, I have a marketing person who's helping me so that I can expand my reach beyond the local area, because I, I do want to work with more startup founders and there are only so many here in Baltimore. So that is the one and only in these 20 years, that is the only time I have done any in the last four months, any kind of deliberate marketing. I figured out very early on that the best thing I could do was put myself in places where people would have an opportunity formally or informally to hear the questions I ask, the way I think things through, the way my brain works. And if I did that, I didn't have to explain what I did because they would just get it. And I, so one of the things I did was I joined a Vistage group because it was business owners and they were all service providers like me of different kinds, not the big CEO group. And I literally would have dudes in that group say, I, you know, I still don't get what you do, but I feel like you could be helpful with this for either them or a client of theirs. And 100% of the time, like, that is exactly what I, I don't know why you keep saying you don't understand what I do. They couldn't put words to it. I didn't have a handy tagline. Um, I never have. And you can spend hours and months, you know, trying to get your website right or the perfect tagline or the perfect marketing copy. And at least if you're doing a business where you are the product, then just putting yourself out there and so people can experience it and then you don't have to explain it to them. And that's the only thing I've ever done. I just spend more time with the people that really get me and who are also talkers. I mean, I think that's another key thing if you're trying to grow a business is there are, yep. I think Seth Godin calls them sneezers, like people who will who love <laughs> to refer and spread your name around and um, so I always had like one or two of those at any given time. I would have someone who just seemed. To I think that's the gold nugget the for any business you're in. People yeah. buy from people. They don't buy from yes. businesses, right? Um, I go to Walmart only because it's the absolute lowest cost last alternative for me. I hate going yep. in there because the relationship's not there, but I will so go to my... for their sponsorship. Well, on that one, Chris. Nice. Thanks a lot. But hey, yeah, no, you're Bezos, absolutely right. Um, by the way, in Amazon, I think you guys are so good. <laughs> So don't forget to sponsor the small business safari, right, right. Jeff Bezos. Come here, but, but to your point, especially in home services, like like yes, I know it can be important to do Google search ads and whatnot. That that is sometimes how people find things. But nine times out of ten, for most of us, it's like. 
do who do you, have you had a roofer that you know because there's no way to test it out and these things really matter and it's a lot of money and you care about how it goes so anything where you care how it goes and you have a pretty high stake in it most people are going to ask around who that's why next well that's one yeah of that's, uh, next uh, i'm in commercial real estate and it's the exact same thing i mean we have yes. a website just to validate once we meet somebody they're like well mm -hmm. i'll check them out on their website but we don't ever get we don't really want business from our website. Uh, they, I have found that when people have found me through some completely random, random way, um, it, it, it's the likelihood that it's a good fit. Um, oh, which by the way, I just, I just did a video about this because I heard this lady on a, on a, on the on being podcast talk about survival of the fittest. She said the actual, the word that Darwin was talking about, we think of survival as the fittest as like the strongest, the most dominant, who would eat the others kind of a thing. And, and while there is some aspect to that, that it's true, it is survival of the fit, the best fit to the environment, the fittest, the one that can fit the best. And fit is so important in business. When they're not the right fit, it, it it's not going to work out. Even if you're being paid a bunch of money, it's either not going to be worth it or it will cost you that much to service them because they are, it's not the right fit. Whereas when I get a referral, especially from one of my like super core, there's one woman who every time she mentions me to somebody, I barely am able even to get through the sales call. They're like, right, how much is, can we just, can you just send me the thing? Send like, me they're up, like, sold. Wow. Because you're referred with on. an endorsement and they're like, done, oh. right? I love yeah, they've she already decided. It brings up the Darwin. Darwin. So, you know, we all studied Darwin in school because we all had to, right? But my favorite thing has been since social media has been out, even before yes. social media, they have yes. the Darwin Awards. Come oh, on. It's brilliant. I, yeah. <laughs> no. So my, my wanna, family has a very dark sense of humor and we love those Darwin the Awards. The first one I ever heard was the uh, lawyer every year told every one of his new first year uh, lawyers, the, the one else going in, he would do this thing saying, this is what we're about in law school. And he would jump up and jump into a glass in a high rise building. <gasps> And show them that it was strong enough, right? Well, one oh, year no. it just didn't go and out the door he went. This oh my back god. In like this is back in 1998, 99. So the Darwin Awards, you know, again, back no internet <laughs> at the time, right? But I yep. had that one presented to uh and, and you know, I was like, Oh, that's BS, right? And so now they're all out there, they've been doing it every year, like tipping over the Coke machine, boom, drops yep. the kid. So anyway, I don't want to go that, but I did that. Dark sense of humor, I love it. But you that's a great point. Survival of the fit. Yeah. Um, and we're coming to the end here. I know I don't want to, I want to keep going. So Jody, as you, have you worked with a lot of people, you get all those people in, where do you feel like you've had the most success? Where do you go, man, I feel really good about this mm. guy. Give us a story. Don't just tell us about in general. Oh, well, I guess, oh so I have, a, I have NDAs with a good number of my clients. So let, let me, I will tell you sort of a, a generalized story about right, this is a very specific let, person. Let's call him mouse. I was going to say Steve. Perfect. Oh, Steve? Yeah. All right, Steve. That's really funny because whenever I want to like reference like my fake my fake client when I want to <laughs> reference somebody, I'll be like, "So Steve said to me." I and if it's if I want to reference a woman, I say Megan. I don't know why I fix Steve oh. and Megan as I am. And wow. I have I have no Steve or Megan clients. So mm, very that interesting. That works out really well. Oh, I actually my <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so um I it, it's really interesting. Part of the reason that I also just stepped away from marketing, this is related to your question, um, is that it is really hard to describe the work. And so what's interesting is, um, this kind of goes back to your last question. The reason I can't answer what, um, 
like how many hours a week I am coaching is yeah. because what I have shifted is I do everything on call now. They are paying me to be available like sooner. I still have some scheduled clients. So I absolutely have things scheduled on my calendar, but I cannot and never wanted to. And this leads to what's my like really favorite thing about business there is have like a packed nine to six, boom, 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 boom. Especially since by the end of the day, you'd not be getting the best of me. And so I'm not spending a lot of hours. I am, however, available to these people. And this is the thing that that's what shifted my business the most was even though that was like a weird need that no one had articulated before and there weren't 20 of, of them out there. So it made the marketing a little harder. But that is, I knew deeply that is what people needed. They needed somebody in the moment when they had a problem, not every third Tuesday or whatever. So, but back to the um, to the client success story. So these these folks often don't have people to talk to. And when they don't have people to talk to because you know, there's a million reasons they there's stories that they can't tell, they're confidential or all the reasons in leadership. And then they get stuck in their head. And so very specifically, the first person that I worked with to work out this like on-call thing, she decided to beta test it with me because part of what she wanted, so we'll call her Megan. I decided that, to tell yeah. a different one. It's Megan, um, Megan, Megan. Megan. Well, actually, let's call her Steve. That'll be, that works too. Okay. <laughs> um, Stevie. Stevie. What's great about it, so- she said, I don't want to, this is an emotional roller coaster sometimes. And I don't want it. I'm I can't take all that back to my team. I can't go in one day and be like, oh my God, the sky is falling. And then tomorrow be like, everything's great. <laughs> she's like, I need to be able to be clear about expectations. And there are times where she's like, I just need to burn off some of the energy of a thing before I go and deal with, with the team. And so that the reason that this goes back to the marketing thing I was saying a second ago that I got a little off track about, it is really hard for me to cite outcomes or like results because almost like counterterrorism, a lot of what I, the work I do with people keeps them from going off the rails or making bad decisions or, or so it prevents burnout. It prevents, it prevents a lot of turnover because they are being, they're giving like stress burns to everybody in, in the office. Like, like I am watching them for what did, it's like channeling hydropower to get a, a CEO or a founder to be doing everything they can do. And some of that's egging them on, but some of it's also slowing them down or making them rest or, or re renew so that they can sustainably keep it up. So I keep a lot of things from happening, but it, it's very hard to talk about results in terms of like- No, I love it. Actually, yeah, so it. today, everybody, you should thank yourself. You're probably listening on this podcast, uh, in your car, driving around. Hey, road rage just didn't happen and somebody didn't pull a gun on you because Jody's out there helping people, right? Mm -hmm. So next time you want to flip the yep. bird at somebody, slow it down, bro. Bring it back because <laughs> Jody might not be there helping that guy exactly. through the fact. But I think I know her- I, so her company is called at the core, but I really think she's a concierge decision coach. I'm I'm thinking like a life coach slash business coach, because if she helps you be the best you, then you're going to be the best leader. I still like my concierge decision coach. I win. Okay, fine. All right, guys, we're coming to the end of this thing. I know you guys might with us and thanks for hanging out with us. We're still doing it. All right, Jody, how do people find you? Let's put it out there. And I've heard there might be a little benefit for hanging around and we're going to put is. this in our show notes. So Jody, it hit is. us up. 
So you can read all about me at atthecore.com. Um, you can also find a bunch of like free content on all my social media kinds of things. You can look there. But if you go to atthecore.com forward slash safari, there will be a um, at least one of the sessions I offer, maybe two of them. I'm trying to decide on that. That will be at a pretty steeply discounted. I'm talking two. like Come on, 60%. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Joey, do two. Well, do two. Okay. Do I'll do two of them. Oh we'll my God. Them. Alan just got her in. Guys. You need to go check this out. You, you're not. You're. I mean, seriously. I'm listening to this thing. And I'm thinking it myself. You're right. We all need decision coaches. We all need help with this stuff. But Jody, we can't not get out of here without asking our favorite four questions. What Alrighty. is a book you'd recommend to everybody out there listening? Uh, one of my favorite books. Actually, I have it right here. It's called Winning with Accountability: The Secret Language of High Performance Organizations. And what is cool about this is three things. Actually, it's tiny. It's very big text. So you could like literally read it like on the Yeah, she's holding it up and the title's and longer it, than the book. No, the title's very long, but it's a fast read. But here's why it's important. Um, there's a million business books that are great. I could give you a list of a hundred. But what I love about this is it talks about if you get frustrated getting people to do what you want, which most a great number of my calls are about frustration with people stuff. This book doesn't talk about accountability from an after-the-fact punitive measure, which is typically how people talk about accountability, and that's actually not super effective. So this... your chapter is the well-placed F-bomb. That's how you deal with it, right? <laughs> right, in my book. Yeah, right, right, right. The well-placed F-bomb. Yeah. What the F were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, accountability. you know what? For some people, maybe that works, but a lot of them. So this talks about accountability in a very easy-to-digest way as a like something you do in front, like how do we set ourselves up so that we don't go off the rails in the first place? And it's just got some really great things that you can easily implement. It's not a big, heady, theoretical book. And I've seen it do some like really serious work in organizations to keep them from getting off track in the first place, which Dig limits. It. Easy read, people. Yeah. Easy read. Yeah. That's because that's if you listen to the podcast and we know who you are, you guys all hit us up during the week. Well, hit me up. And, and Alan loves that. Um, that I, I get hit up at least once a week from one of our listeners about a question. Oh, or, cool. It is cool. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love that we're hitting people and making it happen. So check this one out. This one seems like one that actually even I would read. Whoa, look out. Because it's, it's not so Dr. short. Food. There's no pictures. And, 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 it, well, There's what? some pictures. Oh, There's oh pictures. thank oh, God. Oh, then, then I'm totally yeah. in. Good color. I can yeah, do that. Totally I can color, you color during your little yeah. break. Yeah. I am a snowflake. I need to color my coloring book. All right, let's go. Favorite feature of your home. Oh, so this was a complete gut reno, like every everything. All the only things we left were the floors. Actually, on one floor of the floor, we had to take out the lower ones as well. And both floors of this house had a double-sided fireplace. And that, and we opened up everything else. So there are these two double-sided fireplaces, and they're just like the the best thing ever. We do also have the tallest Don Redwoods in Maryland and our right outside our window in our backyard. We have a very cool backyard, but that's not the house itself. So how old was the house? It was like a 1954 house. Nice. Um, so but it uh, had wood burning or gas? What'd you guys do? Uh, so they were wood burning. We actually put gas in the lower level where the kids like play. So that's like a, you know, a gas one. We didn't want them starting fires down there. <laughs> yeah, right. I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Mostly me. No, I'm kidding. All right. So when you're out and you're the customer, we are really big into customer because we're a customer service freaks. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. What is a customer service pet peeve of yours? <laughs> My biggest customer service pet peeve is when, because I just, it's so inane, is when places want to do surveys, like the, the like, how was your experience? And they make the internal decision that like anything besides a five is failing, like th those kinds of setups, because 
then you're not actually wanting feedback from people. You're it's like then it becomes this like psychological manipulation game. If anything besides five is failing, then don't have five, just have two, because the only thing you're going to find out is whether or not the person who took the survey home and filled it out is compliant or not with what you told them or the instructions. It's a test of compliance. It's not a feedback survey. That's a, and it I, makes actually, me that, irate. Oh, she's hit me at the core on this one. I would say the, but the she, best but question. But you have to know that though. I, I think, I, well, that, I think. No, they tell you. They tell oh, you because really? this is the whole thing. This, I, I won't if you can't to, give us a five, let us know kind of a thing. Well, that's what we do in our business. I mean, because I'm, I'm all about the Google reviews. But so you just want right. to know if I'm compliant. You yeah, don't I really do. Care. Right. No, I really don't. Uh, but no, 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 no. But see, but see that say, has a purpose. I had Your purpose. Say, you guys were awesome. You did the best work ever for. I was like, right. I'm going to call her. I'm like, I'm right. pissed. And they're like, well, Chris, we got a four. I'm like, she gave me a four, but she said how awesome we were. Right. Well, but yeah. but keep in mind, keep in mind, the Google reviews are not for you to get feedback. I mean, it's great that you get some people do Google reviews for social proof. So that is the, the, the purpose. The purpose is social proof. Don't pretend it's really to be exclusively a review. So when they send you home with that thing, this is why you have to be careful about any kind of incentive programs that you put, because people human beings are like lab rats we push whatever lever we know to get the cheese and if you it's so easy to incentivize the wrong behavior and so when people know that if they don't get five it's failure they will tell people like here's the thing but just so you know anything besides five is a failure well now I will say, right now in our world it's yeah. either five or one right <laughs> there's no there's no four but anymore. i think the most important so then why do we even have four yeah your feedback right. we, is we haven't the last four i got uh, literally was in 2019. So since COVID, it's five or one. Here's the best question you can ask anybody in any business. Would you refer me to your That's place? exactly what I was going to say right. before you the, rolled over. What do they call that? Yeah. The NS? That's NS, okay. We're on the same NS, page. NS, right? Something yeah, yeah. score. It, it's good, huh? yeah. We've been together for two years. I know. Oh. Are we finishing each other's sentences now? Oh, my God. Oh, no. it's so cute. <laughs> Look at here. you two. Oh, pinky swears. Okay. Pinky swears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Fifth question B. What? Is, give us a DIY nightmare story, not a contractor one, because I have plenty of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You we almost, off the we almost lost everything on this house. Uh, yeah. So my, uh, <laughs> like, I grew up doing manual labor, power tools from a very early age. So I find this story so embarrassing. I, um, I went downstairs to get the staple gun and I don't know if you've seen these like new plastic, fancy black and orange ones, like they sell, they're not metal, like a standard staple gun. And I knew that we had two staple guns and that one of them wasn't working towards the end of the last time. And one wasn't. So I took it the way you always handle it. And I went like this to, <sighs> to see if it would pop out a staple the way that it normally goes. She's pointing it away from her. No, putting away from her, but I but I pressed it the 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 other part against my hand. Anyway, these other kinds that they made for a while are angled the opposite way. You know, how staple guns are like they're like a they're short on one end and like tall on the other. These, for some reason, are the other way. So I staple gunned right into the palm of my hand. Nice staple gun in the palm of your hand, straight uh, into the palm of my hand. I would love to tell you, hand. I've never done something like that, but we talk we talk the uh we we say in our business it's the uh hand clamp right when you're doing trim mm -hmm. work and you're shooting yeah. a nail yep yep yep, I, yep I can yep. tell you you can't see this but uh and but there's been plenty of ones that have hit off the bone through the nail and I got my Ooh. finger and my my hand is actually into the trim 
Is oh, that stapled I, yourself I, to the house? I have to pull yeah. myself off. You're like, now I live here. Yeah. Oh, my God. My yeah. favorite thing about that staple gun story, though, is that it, because I have a Facebook post about it that reminds me of it every now and then, is that morning something like reasonably grandiose had happened for me in my business. Like I'd like an interview had been published somewhere. Like, I don't know what it was, but I remember that I was like, I was like strutting. I was like, check me out. I'm like, I'm like, I've arrived. And then like three hours later, I staple gun to my own hand. And I was like, all right, the days have highs and they have lows. Like such a big shot. And I just staple gun my own hand. So, well, Jody, this has been a blast. We've love having you come on. No small business safari team has figured some stuff out right Alan? yeah i think that they're going to be less likely to make terrible decisions i love it yeah. so if <laughs> you can learn something today that's on you man hopefully you guys listened up uh hit me up on some emails tell me a little bit more about what's going on what's going on with your life love to talk to you you know i will uh because i've talked to a number of you guys so go up and do it let's keep going up that mountaintop let's make it all happen we're out of here cheers everybody thanks jody <laughs>